Welcome to Horror Makes Us Happy, a podcast where we ask the question, what is it about horror that makes us happy? Your hosts are Steve Becker and myself, Chris Whitman, and you can find out more about us at our website, horrormakesushappy.com. Today's guest is Matthew C. Vaughn, a actor, writer, producer, and uh, best known for such films as Cat Sick Blues, Lost Dog, and Event Zero. Thank you for joining us today, Matthew, or uh, Matt, sorry. Uh, anything you're currently working on that you'd like to promote before we get started? Uh, no, not really. I, I mean, we're, I'm working on stuff all the time. I, I should say thank you for having me, <laughs> uh, Steve and Chris. But no, uh, I can't announce anything just yet. Got got a project that we've got in development that uh, that hasn't been announced. But uh, yeah, it's it's not horror, but it's uh, um, it's it's pretty exciting. Okay, okay, still in that uh, non-disclosure realm per, per se. It's like an animated series that we've got um, in development with a couple of companies, and we're um, in the process of uh, uh, just uh, planning to pitch it. Basically, cool. Um, yeah, so. Uh, I say we because my, my, my wife and I are co co writers oh, nice. um, on this thing. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's what we've been working on. And, and yeah, just like sort of horror comedy specs mm. um, while we wait. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Horror comedy animated. I, I like what I hear so far. Looking forward <laughs> yeah. to it, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we get started, a little information for you and the listeners. These are your trigger warnings. We're going to be talking about horror movies, so this could involve anything from murder, rape, suicide, child abuse. There will be F-bombs and all other kinds of bombs, but not yet your bombs. <clears throat> not a fan. <laughs> so if you are not prepared for that, please take care of yourself and come back. Otherwise, listen to all the fun insanity with obscenity. Fuck. And there you go. First F-bomb. <laughs> Break the ice. <laughs> hey, I'll do another one. Fuck. It's fun. Matt's turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, oh, man, so much. There's so many to choose from, oh, right? Oh, yeah. um, Plonka? Is that one? Plonka works. Plonka. Plonka. Yeah. Um, Dolt? Is that one? <laughs> Also, I don't know if dolt. I think dolt is proper English. I don't think that's a curse word. <laughs> it's a four-letter word. We'll allow it. All right. So, um, in the interview, we're going to be asking three sets of questions covering childhood, adolescence, and then adulthood to find out what it is about horror that you like, what inspired you about horror, or possibly some of the darker side of things, like what uh, scared you when you were a kid, or or things that uh, terrified you, bad dreams, stuff like that. And the idea is that if we interview enough people, we might find some common themes, which we kind of already had. It's been it's been an interesting experiment so far. Um, but all that being said, this isn't meant to be a therapy session. So if we ask any questions you don't want to answer, just just say pass, and we'll move on past that. No worries. It sounds like <laughs> it sounds like therapy. Are you two psychologists? You certified? Uh, um, certifiable. Aha. Certifiable. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know if he has any official certifications, but no, Steve is the uh, psychology buff. I'm the horror fan, so it's a fun mix. Yep. Oh, cool. Starting off with childhood, what are some uh, early memories that you can think of of things horror that either inspired or terrified you? Um, it's pretty easy, actually. I was scared of everything. Um, <laughs> okay, everything. There we go. Yeah, Done. like I, um, <laughs> I, I was a, I was a full-on wuss, a real coward. Mm-hmm. It wasn't hard to scare me. Um, 
I remember being scared by like a leprechaun character in this like a super Superman animated series. Um, it was it was played like I can't remember his name, Mister Mitzlitzel's Mister Mitzlitzel's pick yeah, or something. The one who yeah, you had to say his name backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember having a nightmare about that. I think Howie Mandel played him in the Lewis, Lois and Clark series, which which is even more yeah, frightening. Right. Um, but yeah, I remember it being, you know, like the Thunderbirds freaked me out. <laughs> well, that's but, that's a whole other show there. I mean, the Thunderbirds yeah. have that whole uncanny valley thing where just yeah, dolls are right. fucking creepy. Yes, the Swedish chef's human hands? And why does he have human hands? <laughs> oh my God. Has puppet hands. It's terrifying. I never realized that, but you are so right. The Swedish chef had human hands. Oh, yeah. I can't stop thinking about it now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it had whole knives. Yeah, yeah, that's probably yeah. best in but, retrospect. Not but sometimes he had head. puppet hands. Right? Yeah. yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, so the, puppet knives. Or puppet but, um, knives. Puppet hands. Puppet knives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like a good horror film. Puppet I know. Master. I was just thinking the same yeah. thing, but I think they've already done that with uh, eight now puppet masters. There are a lot of those. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I remember like my sister and I stole stole a, a wheelchair, an old cane wheelchair from our farmhouse and we brought it home and we thought it was haunted, you know, and it was just like, so, yeah, everything <laughs> scared me. I actually uh, avoided horror films until I was like, 15 or 16, <laughs> right? Okay. By, uh, um, I, I, every time I'd go to a video store, that, that, that's what we called them back then, video yes. stores. Yep. And, yep, old enough to remember yep. that. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother and sister would just like pick out the horror covers and just mm-hmm. say, hey, Show man, them to look at this. <laughs> <laughs> and I would just like, stop it. You know, it was just like, it would be gory stuff, but you know, but it would be just like child's play, right? Literally. And it was just like, but yeah, I, I about when I was like 16, 15 or whatever, it's just like I realized that uh, real life is uh, scarier than than <laughs> fictional stories, right. and uh, nothing, not, not a lot, scares me on screen at the moment. You know, fictional stuff that is the news right. is a nightmare, right? yes, yeah. but. But but movies, the horror movies, don't really scare me that much. Um, but yeah, did your older siblings teasing you? Uh, was it just like a friendly teasing, or what, did it actually make it worse for you? Oh no, they're, they're terrible, terrible people. <laughs> to this day, they're horrible people. <laughs> no, I, I, lo- I love them. They're great. They're just like they just do, you know, like they would you know, just like pr- play pranks on me often. Like I'd get, like I'd find a scary mask and put it on like, you know, one of my stuffed toys, you know, <laughs> and I'd walk in and I'd, you know, just like squeal. But yeah, but they, they, uh, they loved scaring me. And um, I was just, just a, just a big cow. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, yeah, I remember my, one of my brothers was watching like Nightmare on Elm Street and I remember, you know, when Nancy's in the bath and Freddy's claw come, comes mm-hmm. out through water, mm-hmm. like for weeks after I'd take a shower and I'd like block <laughs> the drain. I still don't shower <laughs> or bath. I fucking stink. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't showered or bathed for several decades. Okay. That's yeah. good. Your wife, your wife is a strong woman. 
She can't smell. <laughs> she has a lot of Febreze. <laughs> but yeah, you pick anything, you know, any film, and I'll say, yeah, that that freaked me out. But uh, yeah, from from when I was a teenager, I kind of, you know, I had a lot of catching up to do, and now, you know, I love horror films. Did you have any scary okay. dreams in your childhood? Yeah. Uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised. We talked to some people who say that? no, they didn't. Uh, I, I would. I, I have very visceral dreams. I have, you probably have dreams where you 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 have a nightmare and then you mm. wake up and then you realize you're still in mm. a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And I I do that constantly. I remember having a dream where I was looking outside at my dog, like running in the backyard, and I was like. Oh, there's a, like a dark figure just standing there, right? And I'm like, and I pan back like it was, you know, I was, I was panning back footage, and the, this dark figure was just staring at me, and it was like, it was like it was spliced into my dream. It didn't exist in my dream before it. You know what I mean? It was just like it was just hovering there. It, it, it was like, I mean, it, it looked like the Grim Reaper basically. And then um, my uh, dog died not long after that. <laughs> Ooh. So that, that that was kind yeah. of freaky, a little bit, yeah. Just the description and the the appearance of the dream itself sounds yeah. freaky, but then yeah, yeah, those real life events to happen afterwards, yeah. that's um, unnerving to say the least. But you know, it's just like when you're older, you can rationalize things. Like it's just mm. like okay, that's a dream. Like, two separate things happened. You know what I mean? It's like, but when you when you're younger, it's like it's just yeah. spooks you. When you're younger, there are no coincidences. Everything is magical, yeah. and this, this has yeah. to mean something. Whereas, yeah. yeah, like you said, you get older and you, you learn how to quantify and rationalize <laughs> things like that. Yeah. Well, and there could be other things too going on. Like maybe you know he was playing in a room, you know, coloring pictures or whatever, and meanwhile his parents are in another room talking about how the dog's you know on its last legs or you know not doing well or something, and he wasn't really paying attention, but then you know has a dream later. You know, diff- there are different things that could have happened that, that he just, you know, didn't remember the conversation, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, like that those events might have happened longer than than I've remembered them, you know, mm-hmm. like it's like, like, yeah, you, you put like these pieces together and it's like, no, those pieces don't go together because it's like, I don't know, it was mm-hmm. months apart or years, of, you know what I mean? It's like memory, memory plays into that or or, you know, messes it around. Um, Any reoccurring dreams? No, no, not really. Not really. I mean, I, I kind of, I don't know if this, you guys can do this where you can dream about something and then you wake up like scared and then you can sort of redream the same thing and fix it. Hmm. I have never been able to do that. The whole wake up from a dream and then go back to sleep and, and yeah. pick up where you left off on the last dream. No. Which really sucks because sometimes you have some great dreams and you're like, I want to go back to that. And then you go back to sleep and you're yeah. dreaming about, I don't know, poodles juggling flaming apples or something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I think that kind of helped. Um, like, like being able to, to do that kind of helped me get over being scared That's of cool. things, right? Because I could, you know, dream of fixing it or making it worse or whatever, you know. It's like. I think I learned how to do that in my adult years loose like do lucid dreaming yeah but as a, yeah are we talking about lucid dreaming as a kid yeah no, I, yeah i couldn't do that when i was a kid oh no i couldn't it was yeah more like yeah as i was getting older adolescence and yeah just like oh that person chasing me 
I can go back and hunt him down. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, but no, no, I can't remember any any recurring dreams. I was, I was like petrified of witches. The you know you go through stages where it's like oh this month it's a witch, <laughs> right? Mm. One month it's yeah that's Superman, that that character from a Superman yeah. series, and then yeah one you know next month it's like walking in on your brother watching Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. and it's like oh fuck I've got Freddy mm. nightmares for the you know the next month. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh was there any kind of well that's a nice way of looking at it you had like a, a wide variety of fears, <laughs> you know? a fear buffet fear buffet that's pretty good nice a la carte even yeah were you too into horror like from a young age uh i was i don't think steve's ever really been a fan much. Uh, more in my adult years i've come to appreciate certain elements of it um but i wasn't a huge fan growing up no hmm so that's funny. That's actually a good uh, good way to broach the topic. Then, so you you mentioned um, you kind of avoided horror until your teenage years. Um, well, you you can't really like once you start going to parties and sleepovers, and you can't really uh, walk out of a room when your mates are watching mm-hmm. a horror film. So you kind of <laughs> you know you. you uh, you can't stop avoiding it, but uh, yeah, as I said, that, that when I realised that, you know, you start to to learn learn about the world, and you realise that it, you know it's, it's a horror. It can be a horrifying place, and it, you know, we the, the the horror films are there to escape. You know, I don't remember. Does does uh, Australia celebrate Halloween or no? Um, not when I was a kid. They um. It's yeah, it's not really a tradition. It might be more of a tradition now because of American Game popularity. And, yeah, American movies, American TV, and you know, so, social media, and and it's probably more of a tradition now. You see, yeah, kids, yeah, walking down the street. Yeah, yeah, it's it is. Yeah, but not when I was a kid. It wasn't like you could. No, no, it's not not an Australian tradition. Um, was it more of like a? Um... I know, kind of a half holiday then similar to our uh, celebration of Cinco de Mayo or St. Patty's Day where it's not really there's not no trick or treating or, or this or that. It's just kind of decorations and maybe an excuse for the adults to drink. No, not even. It wasn't <laughs> like um it was literally like something another country would celebrate. And we know about it because of the like boxing films. Day. I was just about there to say go. like boxing, yeah, yeah, like boxing yeah. day. That's the um, Canadian holiday where they all punch each other for a day, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a but the day after Christmas, it's Australian. It must be um, a Commonwealth holiday. Okay, the Australian, it's Australian holiday too. Yeah, I thought it was Commonwealth. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, like that. But um, so it wasn't. I mean, we were you're aware of it, but it wasn't. It was rare to have kids trick or treating or houses dressed up. Yeah, it'd be or, a weird you know, thing to do just by rare. yourself. I mean, as a kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We would walk miles to. <laughs> Just, just off, not off chance of someone might have have candy. You know? I'm good just, candy at that, you know. None yeah. of that fucking Brax gummy. That's shit. that's like a comedy skit just by itself. Like a kid walking down the street, yeah. going door to door, and the people opening the door, like, "What the hell do you want? <laughs> what is tr- trick what? or what? Are you are you what here candy? to rob me? Get the hell out of here!" <laughs> okay. Well, we don't we we don't even call it candy. We call oh, it lollies. Too. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, so we, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it probably is more of a tradition. Well, it's I guess it's something kids do now in Australia, but yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think I may in Australia. I think I maybe went to two Halloween parties in in my lifetime. Wow. I, I dressed as uh, Mark Antony, mm-hmm. not not the not the singer, the Roman general. Yes. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, my girlfriend at the time wanted to dress as Cleopatra, so I really, I really didn't have a choice. It was just like people would, oh, you, you Julius Caesar. No, mm-hmm. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only guy that ever wore laurels in a toga ever, right? You're, yeah, you're Julius yeah. Caesar, so. Yeah. No. <laughs> and, and I remember dressing as a big green frog for some reason. I can't, can't remember. Are you sure why. that was Halloween? <laughs> Is there is there is there, is there a um, holiday for frogs? <laughs> no, I was just Frogging joking day? about Frogging day. <laughs> dressing up randomly as a frog. Frog of July. <laughs> it's a good spin Damn, of the. Uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a good takeoff of a uh, Fourth of July. Frog of yeah. July. That's what I was going for. It's like just like Fourth of July, only you tape uh, frogs to the fireworks. Oh. <laughs> you blow up frogs. Oh, I brought it to childhood animal abuse and the onset of serial killerism. I'm sorry. I ruined everything. So wrong. <laughs> so what were, um, I guess, jump over to teenagers. So what were some stories or books or movies that uh, impressed on you in your teenage hmm. years? I remember accidentally watching um, uh, When a Stranger Calls Back. Do you remember there was like a sequel to When a Stranger Calls hmm. from like 78, I think, with Carol Kane? That one doesn't ring a bell. No, can't say I'm familiar with that one. Yeah, it's kind of like um, it opens like the opening of Scream. Basically, you know, a killer, a killer or a stalker calls, calls a, house. A, a babysitter. Um, but anyway, there was a sequel in the 90s that's revealed, like the, the stalker, it's revealed that he's um, – uh, how he is staying in the home and doing doing his uh, spooky stuff is uh, he's painting himself to blend into the walls of the huh? of the okay. <laughs> of the victim's house, right? And it's so like thinking about it is so silly because it's like the the victim has wallpaper this like this pattern, so it's it's not like a white or cream wall where it's just one color. <laughs> so, actually the, so the killer would have to go to like a hardware store and just like find all these different paints right like you're just picturing him there with his swatches like yeah. no not that one no yeah. no no it's more of an olive do you have do you have do you know what olive is yeah <laughs> and so it's like yeah when that reveal happens in the film it's like oh fuck there's a man painted and you know and he's blending into the walls i remember like you know for a while i was each time I went to bed, I'd like fill around my bedroom walls oh, to see who's the man there. <laughs> and, and I watched it like in recent years, and it's it's really not scary at all. It's like, mm-hmm. and it's yeah, as I said, it's as silly as like I, once you think about it. It's, okay, so he would have had to. It would have taken him so long to figure out what paint to use and how long it would not have to ta- mention taken to him apply. To paint yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless he was doing using wallpaper, no, I, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it was uh, that that freaked me out. When a stranger calls back, okay, is what it was called. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else jump out to you as uh, memorable? 
I think, you know, just like, you know, re- normal stuff like. The staples Jaws. like Friday the 13th. Yeah, Jaws, you know, like the um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I remember the, the, new, the new Nightmare. Is that the one where it's the... like the movie set? Uh, it's like like with the with the actors. It's like a meta. Yeah, it's the one where they break the fourth yeah. wall. Where uh, yeah, it's, I think Wes Craven was actually in the movie. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That was great. That was a good. But, one. Yeah, where like that that freaked me out. But um, yeah, as as I said, I kind of avoided scary horror. I remember watching uh, Toxic Avenger a lot when I was younger. Um, Trauma films, my, classic. Yeah, my uh, my brother stole it. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I found it. I, I found it in his like. He had. I found it in his room, and I and I watched it when, you know, no no one was. A, I was. I think I was. I was awake in school, and uh, I went through his stuff, and I found it, and um, and I watched it at home, and uh, yeah, I mean that that that's that's not scary. That's just, just gory nonsense. Oh yeah. Um, um, it's like over the top splatter fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched. Uh, for some reason, my, my sister and I—it's kind of horror, I guess. Um, we watched uh, Predator like every every night after yeah. school for about a month. Yeah. <laughs> so my uh, she she knew every every word, even <laughs> even the Spanish. Um, she doesn't even speak it. the yeah. vulgar comedy lines from that <laughs> yeah. one asshole in a chopper. <laughs> like you're yeah, sitting here yeah, watching this yeah. movie with your sister, and she's telling yeah. you jokes about a guy who's talking about a huge pussy. That's, That's right. Yeah, <laughs> she knew every every line. And we used to we used to come home after school and watch it. Um, um, yeah, you know, yeah, Clifford. You know the film with Martin Short. You, you ever seen that? Not the one. I'm thinking Clifford and the Big Red Dog or something like that. No, no, Clifford. He played like a he plays a like a ten year old boy. Oh God, that does it's sound like something Martin Short would be in. And it's it's. I mean, I've I watch it every few years, but we we went through a stage where we watch that every every day for a month or two. I love that film. It's really uh, it is kind of horrifying because he it's he's kind of like a, a problem child. Um, I do uh, remember this now. This stemmed from a skit that he did on Saturday Night Live, didn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, it did really poorly. Like it was, it was released about three years after it was made. Um, but it's got, you know, like Charles Grodin is in it. He's always great. And, uh, Richard Kind as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, I was, that was another film I was obsessed with that and, uh, Lethal Weapon, of course, mm. I was obsessed with that. Both, both, and Annie. Annie? Like <laughs> Little Orphan Annie? Like Little Orphan? <laughs> yeah, Annie. Uh, I remember watching that a lot. Annie, Predator, Tostic Avenger. No, it's a good group. That's, yeah. that's a widespread. Yeah. you got almost every uh, every genre covered there. You kind of take care of action, sci-fi, and horror all in one with Predator. Yeah, yeah. That's, I guess that's why my, uh, my IMDb is all over the place. So you had uh, said earlier in the call something about um, kind of avoiding horror in your early years, but I I could be wrong in remembering how you said this, but I thought you had said something along the lines of that you sought it out in your teenage years. I guess I was yeah more more late late teenage okay. early adulthood when when my uh, world expanded a bit more. Mm-hmm. Started to learn more things, you know, like nineteen, twenty, early early twenties. 
it's what yeah it's probably when I, when I started to to get into horror and and uh to just start start started to appreciate um this you know practical effects and and uh yeah things yeah how how things were made and and uh you know storytelling and, and um um yeah really like like i said before once once i realized that real life is is scarier you know i just uh yeah, I, I uh, got got into horror okay. a lot more. It's interesting. Yeah, it's almost like you had more of an interest in it once it became less scary, Safe. and yeah. yeah, yeah, once it became safer, and you, there was yeah. more of the interest of, oh, I wonder how they made that effect, or mm. um, this is good writing. Yeah, yeah, kind of and um, I do, I I do like whether whether it's comedy or, or you know thrillers or what horror. I do like that feeling of. Um, you know, like like having your stomach, like just tightened. You know that that, that kind of feeling where you just like, oh, what? You know, just feel intense. So I do like that, and yeah, um, that general feeling of discomfort. Or yeah, empathy. yeah, and, and I think like, like like with comedy and and horror, um, they they work in a similar way. Um, well, to me anyway, that that's you know that kind of you know don't well don't do that. I can't believe you just said that. You know. Um, you know, you know, like they, they look behind you, whatever you know. It's the, it, it kind of works in the same. It, it, it hits the same beats for me. Um, yeah, like, so that that was part of, yeah, like seeking out all the stuff that I missed out on because I, I was a, I was a wuss. Um, <laughs> You're making up for lost time. Yeah, yeah, ma- making up for yeah all that stuff I missed out on, and then um, you know as as I started to learn learn my craft, like writing and, and making things and acting and stuff and then yeah try, trying to find great great stuff whatever genre it was in but yeah like i really really got into horror um just just the creativity you see you know the effects and um yeah especially like the 80s and, and 90s stuff like pre-cgi um mm-hmm. era um, practical olden days yeah yeah um like i was watching ghost rider the other night Terrible film. Um, yeah, I kind of watched it because it was filmed in my hometown, and I was missing home. Um, I was just thinking this would have been way better if it was an eighties film where you can't rely on the the sort of the you know early two thousand CGI. But yeah, but well, yeah. Once once uh, I, I um, yeah, I grew grew you know a love for the craft craft of. Uh, so I'm curious. Did you? Um... So you're talking about the craft of horror. Did you then come to appreciate horror after you had um, started to approach movie making as a career? Or did you find some uh, appreciation for horror and then get into the career part of it and then kind of learn and realize, oh, you know, there's something interesting here for that as well? I guess it just came at the same time. I think when I was, when I, when, I think it was about, I, I kind of had a quarter life crisis when I was 19. I realized that I wanted to, um, I wanted to write a screenwriter. I, I had a, I had a, you know, a, a good job and, and uh, I'd, I'd never really tried, you know, that, well, at school or, you know, but when, when it came to, to writing and when I took that up, you know, um, uh, I was really passionate about it, 
and it kind of came out at the same time. To, to answer your question, it came out at the same time as in like realizing what I wanted wanted to do, and then um, just yeah, like my obsession with with movies and you know and TV and uh, yeah. storytelling and and that just came yeah, it just came it meshed together. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's um, I can relate to a lot of that actually. The whole you know just kind of. Coasting by the occupation and day to day life, but the thing that really does give you passion is is the writing. And mm. I think the question was, you know, it was kind of a chicken or the egg thing. What uh, did writing and creating cause you to have more of an interest in horror, or vice versa? But um, it, it does sound like you said, like uh, they just kind of both happened simultaneously. The chicken and the egg manifested. Yeah, at was, the same time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It probably. I mean, I was all, always. Um, I often was writing things when I was younger and, and uh, I didn't realize that that would ever be an option or I never, you know, spoke out loud about it or um, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, that getting into horror was probably, it, yeah, it probably came up after tr- trying to write my own things and, and uh, figuring out how, how story works mm-hmm. and how movies work. You see, there's a there's a three part thing. It's called the the hero's journey, and sometimes yeah. sometimes you have two more acts, but that's next chapter. And um, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, I don't know why, but um, it just makes me think like odd, maybe possibly left field question. But did you ever have that moment in creative writing class where you turn in a submission and you just get a response from your teacher of, okay, that was that was well written, and then nothing else, just just that. <laughs> Oh man, I I used to I'd either either it would go two ways, right? Like, teacher would love it, mm. or another teacher would hate it, and say, like I remember, we just had to. It was like in like a computer class where it just had to make a brochure or so, or something like that. And I remember mm. like um, making a brochure, and and it was like I just like filled it with silly jokes. Like it was, you know, I just find awful pictures, yeah, like. Like a, a bear in a like serving drinks, and I'd say, you know, it was just like I'd just make these anyway. I'd, uh, it was utter nonsense, and I handed it in. And the teacher, I remember, like my friend sitting next to me, I said, "Oh, look, the teacher's writing a note on my uh, on my work. <laughs> she must love it." And yeah. then, and then I get it back, and it's like, if you're not going to take me seriously, I'm not going <laughs> to take you seriously. <laughs> <laughs> But then, you know, like in other classes where like, you know, we would have to come up with, you know, I remember a business class, this is high school, um, remember a business class where it's like come up with a product and I came up with edible Band-Aids, you know, um, like hmm. you, call them, yeah. you call them Band-Aids here, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what yeah, yeah. So it's just like the grossest thing like ever. <laughs> so why would you want to... <laughs> <laughs> Why would you want to eat a Band-Aid after it's been on a wound? Right. Well, it's got extra protein in the scab, you know. Yeah, That's um, so, there's, there's vitamins in there. <laughs> yeah. So I made a I, I made a I made a box and I made like I made an actual product. Okay. And the te- teacher was like, "She get, I got a principal's award. Like going to <laughs> a principal's office and like." Like saying, "Oh, look what I did!" And then, like, you're like, "What the fuck is this?" You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it's uh, a product you can buy if yeah, you yeah, would like, like to eat scabs and wounds. <laughs> so it's like, it's like you get to a point where you have to have to like pitch a really awful idea seriously, um, 
And uh, I guess that, that, that it all helped with like writing comedy, writing, writing horror or whatever. It's just like being rejected and uh, being encouraged. I think you have to have a healthy balance of that. Yeah. Yeah. There's constructive <laughs> criticism and there's, uh, there's realism, you know, being uh, discouraged, but also encouraged. You know, well, the one teacher's comment I thought was funny. He says she's, you said that she wrote, if you're not going to take me serious, I'm not going to take you seriously. But the whole point was that what you made wasn't intended to be taken seriously. Yeah, yeah exactly. That was the point. The seriousness right. of it is right. it's not supposed to be taken seriously. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, I can't remember the question. What was the question? Uh, I think it was about, you know, whether or not uh, horror created influenced you to uh, – write uh, or vice versa and then that just stemmed to my left field question of so if you worked in creative writing did you ever turn in any uh, any work that's just made the teacher give you a, a awkward reaction like yeah that's good but you need therapy <laughs> i did yeah i did write like um because i have had that, re- that reaction personally just like i did write like uh it's funny because i didn't really watch a lot of horror but i did write um so I was kind of fascinated in a way, but I was too scared to experience it myself. Was there any horror literature that you uh, you read or anything? Uh, not really, because that would have spooked me out as well. Um, Dracula, I remember reading um, um, some uh, like Stephen King, I guess, but not. I would kind of um, like. I think I remember reading reading it, and that was as a young boy, and I was like, "No, nah, I'm going <laughs> back to my Hardy Boys." Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, the book is uh, vastly different than the TV miniseries and even the most recent well, remake. Not even that. I that mean, one if you're of the that... age to be consuming Hardy Boys, you're not in the age to be consuming it. <laughs> what are you talking about? No, no, it's fine. You just you go from watching Rugrats to watching Serbian film. This is this is how life progresses. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I bet you. I, I did. Do you remember the? Uh, it was like I think it was a TV adaptation of The Stand. Uh, like, not a fan. It was um, so bad and so long. It was it was like six hours in the end. Yeah, it was like on uh, we I hired it on video and it was mm-hmm. three, three videos or two videos. Yes, yeah, back in the day of VHS, yeah, yeah, where you, you had yeah. to take out part one and put in part yeah. two. <laughs> but uh, I uh, when when did you watch? I watched that when it was released on video, and I was it freaked me out. But it was probably it's probably garbage. I think at the time I, I may have been scared of it. No, no, I think it still bored me back then. But I remember watching it on TV. I don't know which came first. I think it was a TV movie, and then they made it into VHS. Oh yeah, yeah. I think there. I think a new uh, adaptation is in the works of that. Um, you know, that is there. There have been a lot of reboots that yeah. uh, not quite a fan of, but. I think mm. that's one they could do with a reboot. It just it mm. wasn't so good at the time because of the technology we had. I mean, hell, maybe even that and uh, the Langoliers could do with a current reboot. Yeah, yeah. The Thinning Man, that, that could do. With a... <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one, too. The Thinning Man, that was... Oh, wait. Thinner? Thin, that's it, yeah. I I enjoyed it. It was interesting. It had, you know, some... Bitter irony in the end, and uh, you got to watch a guy waste away for an hour and a half. So, to jump back for a second to the teenage years, um, Mm. did you have any Mm. friends or family members who were horror fans? I mean, I know you mentioned your brother had the, uh, I think it was Toxic Avenger, but um, that alone doesn't define someone as being a horror fan. 
No, I, I had friends. I guess I had friends. They they were into horror more than I was, but um, still not quite a fan in the adolescent age. So it was more of a thing that they did, and you were yeah, kind of yeah. There. I, I guess like when I started, yeah, when we started, you know, you're staying over at having video parties and and uh, you know, experience more horror. Um, you had mentioned you started uh, introducing. I guess some horror elements into some of the things that you were writing, but then some of the descriptions you gave were like that pamphlet. Um, I forget what the other one was, but um, edible band-aids. Yeah, that's edible right. Band-aids. Um, how old were you when you, when you did those things? 16, okay, 16? teenage years. Yeah. And uh, the story, like when I was writing, you know, stories that was, you know, from 10, 10, 10 onwards. And so when did you start going into um, legitimate, like, horror stories? Uh, it, was, it was probably, yeah, probably when I started to make, yeah, make my, own, my own stuff, my own uh, com- comedy and, and, and uh, sort of comedy horror. Um, when was I, that in your teens or in your, like... No, that was, like, when I was in my 20s and 30s. But, um, I mean, when I was writing... Like, you know, it would just depend on what the story was. But, yeah, when I was, yeah, as I said, you know, from, mm-hmm. from like, 10 onwards, there was a story I wrote in, like, grade nine where um, it was, like, just a cliched story about, like, a kid's family being murdered. And I, I wrote it to entertain my friends. I remember my mum my mom loved it. She, but the teacher, like, <laughs> he, I had a really bad grade. It was... He was uh, he was talking about um, the pointless pointless violence and the you know flippancy of his humor and and uh, just like really discouraging really discouraging stuff. Um, but yeah, it didn't didn't really stop me from from uh, of course it didn't it didn't stop me from uh, you know I guess it kind of, kind of like hold, um, um, you know, like you do when you do, when you do take hits. It, I guess it takes a bit longer to come back from. Yeah, you know? yeah. But still, good for you to continue keeping writing and uh, fuck yeah. him for his criticism yeah. because, yeah, you know, there's disturbing and unsettling things, and then there's lack of skill, and they're not the same thing. So, yeah, and it's I, kind of it's like you want to encourage kids to be the best versions of themselves. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not not saying you know like like. Yeah, like a, as a like a, a creative writer. It sounds been, like he yeah. was approaching it. It sounds like he was approaching it from a, a serious standpoint instead of being a approaching it as a something that was intended to be a, a cross of horror and funny. Yeah, I mean, he obviously like he was he, he was it was his tastes that clashed. You know, so it wasn't like a like a, his bias towards any any type of. I mean, it was probably. It's probably really shit, the story anyway. But, uh, <laughs> well, you could have just yeah. criticized it for that then, you know, and constructive yeah, criticism yeah, with that. Yeah. Not, this but is terrible, like, there's graphic violence, you know, no, you messed up this literary device here, here, and yeah. here. Try and it again. Yeah, yeah, I guess, like, if I was teaching, I'd be like, okay, why doesn't this work? You know, why, 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 why isn't this working? Okay, let's, you know, mm-hmm. let's break it down and, and uh, okay, this, 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 tone, this tone doesn't work, you know, with... Like, like would be, but you know, that's, um, you know, how did you get into writing? Um, 
to the level that you're at. Like, for example, right here, we're having a, not a discussion of, but you're referencing things like tone. Did you, uh, did you go to college or university and have writing classes there or? So, yeah, I started like seriously thinking about being a writer when, when I was 20 and I took a year off to, to, to kind of catch up on, on that, you know, just, just my skills and, and, uh, and just start that. And it's taken a, it's taken a long time, but, um, I kind of did that for like five years, six years, just, just writing whenever I could. And, um, and then I, I went back to, went back to college and studied uh, professional screenwriting. Um, okay. I once, I was at, uh, I got a lecture from a, from a coworker. I was working in like a music store. I was just at the back marking CDs and this, this guy, he just like, he used to sit next to me and uh, he turned around and he's like, he said, what are you doing here? And I'm like, what, what do you, what do you mean? He's like, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> I was like 20, 24 at the time or 25 and like, okay. Um, and then he just gave me a, he gave me a lecture about going back to school and, and, um, how old was um, he? Like he, was he older than you, your age? It was probably, he's probably like late forties. Oh, okay. You know, so he was, he, for the moment I was picturing somebody your age. No, it was like, I mean, he was, he was a, like super intelligent guy. Um, you know, he, he had dabbled in the, film and tv and stuff but he knew he knew a lot about yeah film tv and music and and he was just like what are you doing um he basically gave me a lecture on like you know like only a small percentage of artists ever ever make a living you got more of a chance if you if you apply uh, yourself <laughs> if you study yeah apply yourself study whatever that is uh, meet meet people who do the same thing and and so I took it on board and, and I got into this, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a degree that um, you did need other education. You needed like a, um, an arts degree before it, but I got in off, off, the, off the work that I did, uh, writing samples that I did. Um, oh, nice. And so that, yeah, that was encouraging. But yeah, it was like when I was, yeah, mid, mid, late, mid twenties, um, mm -hmm. I you know, went back to school and then I, I also met my my wife and who I co-write with and and make things with. Um, met her there and and a, and a bunch of friends and and that turned into a relationship with uh, Dave Jackson, who directed uh, Cat Sick Blues. Um, he didn't go. He didn't do the same course, but he was in the same building. Um, and uh, we uh, just just kept kept building building up my my skills and and you know like. Um, on that, that cycle of uh, rejection and, and uh, failure and uh, you get to a point where it's like you can't do anything else in, in your life. So, you, you know, you, you can't live without, well, I can't yeah, live without writing or, or um, being, a, being a part of uh, making, making uh, you know, film or TV. And um, that led to, yeah, jobs back in Australia, writing jobs. Um, that led to yeah coming over here and um, in to LA and and trying to um, keep keep getting keep getting work in the industry as a writer. Yeah, that's awesome. That's quite the Cinderella mm. story to borrow that vernacular. It's like <laughs> you know, I mean, 
going from being inspired to being <clears throat> uh, into the craft, and then actually to the point where where you have where you can do that as a living. Like, is yeah. that your primary vocation now, or, or is that your side job and you do something else for a living, or you're actually able to make a living off just writing professionally? Well, it's still, it's still, um, it's on and off, but yeah. uh, it's like. But still, you don't have a day job you have to go to, is what I'm saying. Well, I've got like, yeah, I, I do part time copywriting, but um, okay. uh, I do, you know, like, yeah, it'll be like that, that's sort of like. Well, that was the nature of the industry in Australia because there's less, there's less content. There's less, there's, you know, there's only 25 million people in Australia. So there's less, less stuff getting made. Um, so there's less, less jobs. Um, and so, yeah, we'll, there'll be stages of, of my, my career where I'm like, you know, had a couple of jobs in a row and then go back and, and work part-time, whatever that is. And that, that was part of the reason why. We we came over here because it's uh, there's more opportunity. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, so yeah, to answer your question, it's still I have uh, yeah points in my life lived lived off lived off writing, but you know I've also been very poor as well, you know. And uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, it's artist for a reason. Yeah, it would be awesome to to get get paid well for what you do and. Uh, but it's also, you know, I, I can't do, I can't do anything else now. You know, it's also, like, it's a privilege as well. So I can't, you know, I'm, I'm yeah, we, uh, I, don't, I don't have money all the time, but, you know, it's, 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 uh, yeah, I don't. And having don't it as a, a husband-wife team you know. helps out too, because. Yeah, it does, it does help out. I mean, it's, it, there was a point where it's like, as a, as a writing team, you are, you are sharing the same uh, income. Uh, you're not getting paid for two writers. You're, you're getting paid as a team. Yeah, um, you don't have to worry about paying any employees. Plus, you don't have that awkward but, situation of you're always at work. We never see each other anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We spend a lot of time like we're writing. There's even writing you know, the financial benefit of um, you know, nice. as opposed to say two roommates where you need to pay for a two bedroom apartment for two people, whereas with a husband and wife, you can. Oh, your that's co- true your too. costs are lower. Yeah, there, there were times where we were competing for the same things, and and in yeah. turn, would never get them. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> I I really take us both on, and it's like, oh, okay, that that we we're already after one rider. Or then, if we applied for things separately, it's like we're competing against each other, and we have similar skill sets and similar experiences. So it's just like we just cancel each other out. I don't know. Um, I mean, if you're but, both uh, applying for something, yeah, if, I'm, I'm not. I would think that's increasing your odds you know mm. you'd think <laughs> but yeah no no there's no no complaints so um yeah love writing working out stories working out problems um is there something about horror as a genre that is interesting to you in terms of those problems or i think what what, what i do like about horror is is um all the sub genres that that stem from horror and so it's like it's a really open, it's a really open field to yeah. to to playing. Um, it's no longer just slashers and gories, or sl- slashers and ghost stories. Slashers and gories. <laughs> slashers and gories. That's another good one. Yeah, yeah. that's a movie on its own. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I like I like playing in the in that that field because it's like you can go 
go all different places and, and different Do you have genres a particular and, favorite and, for uh, the subgenres? It, it just depends, right? I mean, you, you have great films in all, all genres. Um, but, you, you know, like uh, I like – I do like comedy horror. Like I like uh, body horror, uh, you know, just like um, science fiction horror, uh, folk horror as well, I guess, like – Folk horror. It's funny. Yeah, yeah, folk, folk horror, like um, I guess, like yep. the Wicker, Wicker Man or um, the, the Witch, Witch or this um, uh, field in England, um, Midsummer. I was just going to say probably, Midsummer. Yeah, I'd probably that would probably that's a folk horror. Um, the Ritual, that one on Netflix. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, there's there's good good films in all, all all genres. Like when someone says I don't like a certain genre, it's like well, you probably haven't watched the right films. Like you, um, Steve, you, you said that your horror is, isn't like your, your, mm-hmm. your favorite genre. Is that right? Is it? But, you know, you would probably find there's still, you, you find great films in horror, right? I haven't really found a film yet that I really like, but uh, I have found a couple books that I've really liked. Um particularly in sort of a Lovecraftian um, uh, anomalous. Uh, are you familiar with, with a website called SCP? No. Okay. It's a uh, SCP stands for secure, contain, protect. And the website, the theme of the website is sort of like a, it's like government redacted documents and things like that. It's all oh, yeah. just written okay. text, but a lot of things are are blacked out and redacted, and it's it's all about like a yeah, like like an underground shadow government corporation that keeps you safe from all the otherworldly and extra dimensional things that are sometimes are documented as if you describe what this thing looks like to someone, their head will explode or they'll yeah, die. Simply, they they term it cognito hazard. Just the fact that you know about it is dangerous to you. Um, it's, but it's but they approach it in mm. yes it is fiction yeah. well yeah. yes yes yeah, <laughs> or is it um, <laughs> but they approach it as sort of a uh, almost a scientific uh, method to some of their stuff and there are certain things that I enjoy and I get out of it because of the path that I have taken through life um, and some some of the things that I hold dear. Um, and so that's kind of what I was going to start digging into or trying to dig into when you mentioned these different subgenres. And when I asked, is there something that these specific subs, do you like a particular subgenre? Is there something that one of these subgenres allows you to say or to dig into to try to figure, figure out what it is that you enjoy about them? Um, but I, I'm not sure. Were you listing those just in general if so, as some of the ones that you the the subgenres that you particularly enjoy yeah i get, i i think i was listing what i enjoy to to write myself um, um not 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 folk horror i don't think of it i'm I, yeah i haven't really attempted that but i think you're you're asking a uh yeah like why i like certain genres of horror like yeah i mean it yeah, come not not from it comes from like you know like body horror. It's like oh you that that comes from like a practical sense where it's like oh how how did how did they uh, do the you know the effects in the thing you know that that um but yeah why why I like that 
I don't know. It's like, I guess, just horror, horror to me, I think is like, it's comforting, I guess. And I like, as I said, I do like feeling tense, but, but having that sort of window where you're watching someone else and it's not yourself. Um, but like you can, you separate, like you're watching someone else go through a nightmare. You can relate, relate to it, but you don't, you're not experiencing it yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that's why horror does attract me. I want to use the word voyeuristic, but that's not the word I'm looking for. Cathartic? Yeah. Yeah. Like when I started yeah. to explain that, that sounded like I want to see people go through horrible things. Um, but it's not, I meant, yeah, like you, you do relate to characters and you are, you know, but it's like when you have that separation of, you, you can feel empathy, but you can also feel. Maybe catharsis is a better word. Yeah. You know, in your mind, but it's not, it's not real. Right. right. So it's like, it's, it's a separation, but um, yeah. So you mentioned the practical, practical effects. That's more of like a, you know, a cerebral technical uh, pleasure, I guess you could say um, of the other ones that you mentioned uh, or even body. Um, are there any that, um, that you have a, like a visceral emotional reaction to? something like the the exorcist right the way the the way the horror is the way the story is told it's like it's trying to prove that evil exists i mean it does uh, yeah it does like um how uh how real the story was told in in a way in in um take taking the subject matter seriously i guess that like, like that kind of scares me more than, um, say, like, although it's, you know, one of my favorite horror films, The Blob, the, the 88, 1988, The Blob, like that, that's just like pure joy watching uh, those, you know, um, the, the scares in that or, the, you know, the, the, the practical effects in that, but like The Exorcist, like when you are, you, you know, when you are scared of, scared of the film, it's it's like after you've turned off the TV, it's like there's a mm-hmm. it's left something in the room, you know, mm-hmm. like there's a passenger that's been left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting way of putting it, but yeah, yeah. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like it's like this this feeling, like you go to bed and it's just right. like you still feel like there's something there. Yeah, that, that the, the, yeah, the TV is spewed out into your room. Um, well, yeah, especially with something supernatural like The Exorcist, which is yeah, or, somewhat you know, rooted in in real life. So yeah, yeah. when you turn off the the television, you you exit that window of watching this film, and you're back in your living room, but still you're still left with that feeling of mm. something is off. Yeah, and it it does feel like there's there's some uh, what you that's what you're projecting. Like obviously there isn't something there, but you're right. it does feel like that. Yeah, there's a passenger. You know, the, the, the film has dropped something off for you <laughs> and, uh, yeah, something dark. So, uh, that, that I find the, the, when the, the, scare, the scariest stuff to me is, uh, the, the story, I guess the content is taken serious. Um, but th- that doesn't mean that I enjoy all, all that stuff. It's just, or it's just like the exes- exorcist is a good example But I mean, it's even like as, as, uh, but like the first Conjuring, that had some free, um, really uh, scary moments. So the one where the guy had the uh, stuff written, or he he cut inscriptions into his his whole body, or, or something like that, or 
No, 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 no. No, um, no the Conjuring was the uh, backwards down the stairs Spider Woman crawl thing. Right? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot um, of films have done that now. Yeah, but yeah I think they were yeah. the first one. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it's just like 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 when when I guess when the subject matter is is taken seriously, uh, like like you know like Paranormal Activity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't say that found footage horror is a is a genre that. Uh, that I like. It's just like when the, yeah, like things that to me were most scariest when, when it's uh, grounded in real life. Yeah, like it actually yeah. happened. Yeah. Fun fact: Cannibal Holocaust may have been one of the first found footage films ever. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm just trying to piece it all together here. Um, so you like certain movies that are serious that leave you. Um. I guess mulling over, chewing on something. Yeah, I guess so. I just, uh, but I uh, maybe either the pieces I've given you don't work. I haven't given you the right pieces, or maybe it all doesn't fit together in a way. <laughs> you know, I remember, but like, it's a. I haven't given you the right pieces, or it's a puzzle. It's a puzzle with no cover. <laughs> that's a good analogy yes um that's deep. but that's like pretty that. much yeah. every yeah. call i mean there's only been a handful of calls where uh right. somebody came into the interview already knowing what it was that they liked about horror um so you're not yeah. you're not uh alone in that um i found it interesting that uh in the beginning of this call your uh childhood seemed to be a not happy with horror phase and then it progressed on as as more closer to happy in uh, adolescence and adulthood which is similar to what mine was like and yeah it was i don't know i don't know if it's because i that's my personal experience so i consider it normal but this seems more normal to me for kids to be afraid of scary things when they're a kid and then you gradually in your teen and adolescent and, and adult years uh grow to be more fond of it but we've spoken to a lot of people that uh yeah right out of childhood they're like no everything was great i wasn't afraid of it yeah yeah <laughs> so to go back a second yeah. to something i said a moment ago um about horror movies that leave you with something um to chew on do you think that it's just um that it the the artistry of the craft uh or a good story um you know is it that there are some there's some element um that keeps your mind going afterwards or are you focused on the emotional side of it of um of there being something about this scenario that just creeps me out and I can't stop thinking about that part of it or both or neither. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's regarding leaving you something to chew on as in like it leaves you with an effect afterwards. I guess that can all depend on the timing of the delivery of the thing that's jarring or, or unsettling. Like if it's in the middle of a movie, then, yeah, it's probably that direct emotional effect, but um, like at the time. But I notice a lot of films end on stuff like that too, where yeah, you're left afterwards with a lot to to mull around or or, or a lot to to contemplate because it's like they they end on one of those graphic 
dark, unfair, unhappy moments yeah. where you're just you're left thinking that's that was some shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess that uh, yeah, I'm more when I'm at, um, affected emotionally by horror, it's more yeah, as we we're talking about before with the real yeah, the, 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 when when things are grounded in real life and and um, that that kind of how how we fill in the gaps when we watch horror as well, you know, when when things aren't you don't know what's happening or you, you don't see the 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 presence, the evil, um, how our mind works and fills in the gaps, and it's worse and most of the time it's worse in your mind than when you see it on screen when it's revealed. Yeah. You know, like that witch uh, could have totally just been, you know, rubbing smashed up berries on herself, but yeah, you know, it was a baby. <laughs> it was a baby. <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, if we're if we're talking about the like yeah, the exorcist type, you know, that that kind of um, what mm-hmm. was that psych- psychological horror? Another good example from recent film is uh, well, there's, there was a original and then I think another tamed down remake of it, but. Um, was it the girl next door, which was based on horrific true events of this um, woman who lived next door to a, a girl who got caught up in that woman and her children, and just the worst kind of people, and a lot of physical abuse and just really terrible things, and it, it actually happened, so it's grounded in real life. Wow, is that the one with? Um... Oh. That one. The girl next door didn't have too many uh, known huh. actors in it that I, that I can think of off the top of my head. I think there was somebody more well-known in the remake, which was not titled The Girl Next Door. It had a different title, but they were both based off the same true events. Okay. Wow. It's on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so just writing this down, what was it called again? Uh, the Girl Next Door. No, no, the, the into what? Oh, the internet. Internet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, in, in, internet. Yeah. It's, it's got two T's, four two I's, T's. and um, blevendy B's. Four yep. words, all lowercase. <laughs> no, no, four, sorry, four, four words, all uppercase. Okay, so, so the stuff that you are a fan of uh, leave something behind. And I think you had said something before about basically that, you know, that is kind of reflecting reality, you know, the heaviness uh, that reality is pretty bad. Is there something that you find interesting about, you know, touching on that point about, about how horrible reality can be? I guess it's how I deal with real world horror or, anxiety or, or um, pressures mm-hmm. is through, uh, I guess, through comedy, through like joking about it, through um, um, realizing how ridiculous everything is. <laughs> um, and I guess you do that with, you know, um, like, I don't know if that answers your question, but I'm just saying that that's what, Kind like, of, maybe. Does yeah. Would it be fair to say it gives you sort of a release? Yeah, and so it's sort of like take, taking taking the real horror and and the way to to deal with it is to kind of um, for me anyway is to like 
poke fun at it, find the absurdity in it, um, or yeah, express it through you know my own work, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but I'm gonna say something, and I I want to be clear that I I'm not trying to. Um... You can, you, can, you can say anything to me. <laughs> um, just as I love you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying this as an observational thing. It's not meant to uh, you know be shameful in any way. But I, I get the feeling that that there's some nervousness, and so that's where I was thinking about the the release and the catharsis. Is that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I completely admit that I could be completely wrong about this, but, but if you are or have felt in your life that you have that fear of things and nervousness about different things, then it could make sense for you to, to say, okay, well, if I structure, if I write the story, then I'm structuring something that I can then create the release. And the, a potential catharsis of relieving potentially an internal tension by writing a story that re- resolves or releases that tension in the story. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like yeah, part of that makes sense. Um, I think what you're getting at with your skating around nervous nervousness, it's anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And yeah, of course. Um, anxiety watching horror film as a kid and having like a kid brain where it's like, oh, that, that horrible thing can happen to me. Mm-hmm. The, uh, Freddie's tongue can come through the telephone. Oh, yeah. Of course it can. I hated that. <laughs> but yeah, as a kid, yeah, okay, that can happen. Oh, I'm not going to use the phone from now on because that, that will happen. But um, so anxiety, but that in terms of like having like a, a child's yeah. brain. But as you grow older, that anxiety is like watching horror does, does help, um, does help you deal with anxiety in a way. Uh, seeing other people go through the terrifying things. Uh, um, like, it, yeah, there is a release of like. Um, it's almost a release of responsibility, like, like a release of um a vacation, a temporary yeah, vacation. I guess so, from yeah. reality, but know. it's also, um, you, I don't know. It's just like the anxiety kind of dissipates because I don't know. It's like, is it aversion therapy where you, aversion? immersive therapy, yeah. sorry. When you, uh, oh, yeah. do the, do the thing that scares you mm-hmm. the most, like public speaking right. or, you know, and I think that there's an element of that in, in watching horror. Yeah. For me, at least. Um, but, you know, as you do watch, like, as I get grew older, it's like, okay, that fears of the or fictional fears just like went away because it's like, oh, that's, that's not real. But, um, I get, yeah, I guess it's a, it's a release in a way too. Okay. The, the reason that I say it is because, and, you know, you talked about, childhood um anxieties and fears and things like that and and worrying worrying i was raised by my grandmother my grandmother was a very big worrier and so Mm. i have dealt with anxiety 
all my life. Um, but I was also raised to pay attention to other people's um, feelings more than my own for my ch most of my childhood. And, you know, just in this conversation, I, I just feel my own tension. I, f I feel like my own tension is, is building because I almost sense tension on your part. And on one hand, that makes me feel bad because as a host, I don't want anyone to feel any kind of tension or anxiety or nervousness. And, and as it was as I was thinking about all of that, processing all that, that you commented about, um, I forget exactly what word you used, but I, I tied that to release. And, and that's where that kind of went for me is it would make sense to me that if you also felt a similar background, that, that that could make sense to me of, of why you could seek release in that, in that direction. Um, and like you said about the immersion therapy, uh, aspect of it, I can understand that too, because it, directly related to that when I was working through college, uh, well, even high school, I started working in restaurants. Um, and then when I was in college, I got the opportunity to be trained as a bartender, which scared me on one hand because I've, I've never, well, at least up until that point, I was never comfortable with, um, with small talk. Alcohol? Well, no, I was fine with the alcohol, but I was, I was, I was never comfortable with the small talk. I was never comfortable with the social sort of dance, if you will, of knowing when to be funny and when to be serious and, and how to move away from a topic. If someone says something uncomfortable, you know, like all those different little nuances was very uncomfortable to me in my twenties. And I, I, so I took the opportunity to be trained as a bartender because I figured, you know, they say on the job training, if you're doing something for 40 hours a week, you know, you're going to learn it a lot faster than if you're doing it as a hobby, you know, four hours a week. So, you know, in a similar vein, I could see how, you know, approaching some of this stuff for you might be cathartic in that sense and maybe help you deal with some of that stuff. But again, like I said, I, I could be completely wrong about this and I'm just grasping at a straw here. So I don't know if that's accurate or not. Yeah, I mean, it might well be. I think, uh, yeah, like you were talking about um, being raised a warrior. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess like I was not, not, no, it's just my, my personality, I guess. But um, I remember, like, my parents wouldn't tell me things because, and they still don't, there's certain things because they don't want me to worry about, you know, like from when I was a kid, you know, like, yeah, I, like, I'd be awake in worry about something. And uh, it probably, yeah, it probably does. I, yeah, I think that's why um, when, when I do watch horror, that, that it does, it does uh, help with, um, whatever that, that, that core, core feeling is, uh, anxiety or whatever. Um, yeah. It's almost, uh, strange to make this analogy, <laughs> but, uh, for some reason, the analogy of an orgasm is coming to mind. Um, well, you did say release. 
exactly. That you know, there's the whole tension and the and build up, um, and then hopefully a release. Um, like like laughter, right? Yeah, that like too. you know, all, all the laughter and you know, um, yeah. like a jump scare or whatever, you know, um, like yeah. I guess yeah, it's like the 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 build up and the the climax. <laughs> <laughs> Not to put too fine of a point on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I do every time I watch horror films. I just like just orgasm <laughs> the whole time, just climaxing. Just yeah, yeah, you got it, you got it. Well, I mean, there was that one where you kind of had a giant cat cock and jacked it off for yeah. like time, five minutes. So that is a uh, um, that's not. You might want to tell your listeners that that was in real life. That was in a film that I was in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, yes, yes. That was, I that do was not have a cat cock in a film. for one. <laughs> <laughs> How would you? Would it be graphed on? I mean, that's just. Yeah. You know what? That's 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 a whole other show. Behind the scenes. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah, classic blues. Uh, it's the director's cut. Yeah. Um. So we haven't gotten down to the very last questions, but I'm kind of jumping down to them. Um, one one yeah. of the last questions is about how, why is it that you like horror in the sense that, you know, there could be other genres that provide the same sort of interest that you have. Um, like if it's practical effects, you know, science fiction has that. If it's suspense, action movies have that. So why horror in particular? Um, I think it's one of my likes, one of my, my loves, I guess. So I wouldn't say, but. And again, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, so go, what go I was thinking it. was, so the, the two things that horror and comedy have in common are this buildup and release that I don't know that. I mean, you could kind of get that in certain romantic dramas. Um, there's a lot of release in romantic dramas. Well, there's the buildup or the tension of, you know, oh God, what's going to happen? Are they going to wind up together or are they not? Um, Ain't you seen that one with Meg Ryan? There was a release in a restaurant. <laughs> I would say that falls under comedy. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, comedy. So you mentioned having other loves and I'm thinking, well, okay. And maybe those other genres that you enjoy, maybe you enjoy them for other reasons, you know, other things that you like to explore, but I could, I could see how at least for the, the tension building and potential release or, or even leaving it, uh, leaving it tense and not releasing it. Um, mm. I think that, horror definitely is probably the genre best suited to yeah. that. It more often yeah. than not has I, that ending. Sorry. Sorry, you go. <laughs> no, I just quickly said it, it more often than not does have that uh, open-ended situation with horror movies. Mm. I, I guess it's like the, the type of horror or the type of comedy. Like I'm attracted to the same, you know, like when, uh, like curb your enthusiasm, where he's like, like Larry's in a situation where he, um, like it's like you physically can't cringe, you know, yeah, you're cringing and you 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 feel tightened and you know sometimes like I get the same feeling, but I'm attracted to that feeling where I'm like, oh, I want to feel um, that that makes me laugh. It also makes me horrified as well, you know, like that that kind of feeling. 
I want to feel tense. I want to feel because it yeah it goes. I guess like it's a it's a um, comforting anxiety mm. <laughs> uh, and a relatable anxiety, mm. but um, yeah. real life anxiety. Well, I mean that's uncomfortable because it's real life, but like to to sort of uh, manufacture that watching whether it's horror or comedy or you know thriller or whatever that that feeling that I like to get from like I, I don't know if you've ever watched uh, Nathan for you you know like I, I remember moments where in that watching that where I'd like literally get off my couch because I can't sit down and watch what's happening on screen in, you know, like I, just like in pain you know <laughs> I don't um, know that movie but let me ask you about have yeah. you ever seen no that's a t- that's a TV series Nathan oh. for you yeah. Have you ever have you ever watched yeah. Napoleon Dynamite? Yes. Do you do you feel the same way about that one? Uh, uh, there you go. I mean, you talking about like cringe, like you watch someone do something that's so stupid that you you would never do that, so it makes you uncomfortable watching that. Yeah, like, I like guess. That I mean, that, that that's a sort of different. I, I, I don't, I don't different mind that of... film at all. Because I could, I, mean, I can't, I can't think of any moments. Because I couldn't watch that one. I, I mean, watched it for like 10, 15 minutes. A friend of mine and I, and we just kept looking at each other, like, "When's it gonna get funny?" And it's at some point, know. I was just like, I just couldn't watch it anymore. To, to <laughs> me, it was a very cringy movie. But I don't, I don't yeah. enjoy being feeling cringe, cringy. Uh, so yeah. when you're bringing that up, that I, I thought maybe that one would resonate with you, but maybe not. <laughs> No, I mean, like, I, I, I did, yeah, I, I did enjoy it, but I can't remember if that's the reason why I enjoyed it. You know, that feeling of uh, comedy tension, horror tension, or you know, that, 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 yeah, that making you cringe, making you feel like your, your stomach's turning inside out, or you know, that um, um, I, ca- I can't remember a lot of that. if that made me feel, think that I might, have, you know, might have made me feel other things, but not. But the TV show that you mentioned, that one did. Yeah, like yeah, like that that kind of, I you know like that that kind of. I can't believe you're saying this, you know, like like Larry David, like you know that kind of the situations he gets himself in where it's like, yeah, like the the kind of feeling. Like to me, I don't really call it like oh that's cringe comedy. It's just like to me that's like comedy, like how I like what I like to how I like to feel, what makes me laugh. Um, so I don't, like, that's not cringe. That's um, normal. <laughs> that's, that's my everyday. Like the absurdity. Yeah. Of yeah, that. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, like, like similarly, I have friends that just absolutely cannot stand uh, the show always sunny because they do such terrible things and make such bad decisions. But it's like, well, that's, yeah, that's a certain type of comedy. It's, you're not supposed to identify with the, with the uh, the protagonist in this. You're supposed to be a third party observer, not identifying with the protagonist or antagonist. You're just like, this is really bad and stupid people doing bad <laughs> things, and I love it. Yeah. Similar to Curb Your Enthusiasm, like some of the things that he, the situations that he gets into are, are ridiculous and and cringe in in that fashion. But yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> and lost it. I had a point. So, you know, some of the ending questions that we we have, I thought maybe might be worth asking. So um, I'm going to ask a question about what movie you've watched more times than any other. And to qualify that statement, I'm not asking about horror, any genre. 
and also not asking which one is if this is your favorite putting that aside just which one have you watched more times than any other uh it'd probably be predator (laughs) (laughs) it'd probably that that time in my yeah like i mentioned earlier um watching it every every day after school um with my my younger sister um I'd probably I've probably seen that and Clifford, those two films I've probably watched the most in my life. Um, it's funny when you mentioned those earlier. I was just thinking, oh, it's going to be Annie on this question, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that movie is dark. Have you seen, have you seen it recently? That's some, I, some I grim shit. Since I was a child, all these, all these I say, I mean, orphans, man. It's an orphan. I can't you know? deal with that. Yeah. The next one is about yeah. whether or not there are any common threads uh, of the kind of horror that you like. And you kind of already addressed that r- referring to the comedy horror, the body horror, some sci-fi and some folk. Um, but then the next question is, do you have any idea why it is that you like those things? It's been a while. And what I'm, well, I'm, well, I'm curious now looking back at that through the lens of potential cringe, um, I mean the body, yeah, you can kind of understand that because it is cringe inducing when you see somebody's, you know, arm get ripped off or whatever. It, um, but how about mm, the sci-fi, sci-fi invasive, folk and, and psychological, if you think about the movies that you like in those subgenres, is there some cringe aspect to those that you like? Does, does it support the state? I guess maybe cringe is the wrong well, word. I was say, does it support it or does it knock it down? Yeah, I think it's probably um, anxiety-inducing. Discomfort. Yeah, discomfort. There you go. And then, you know, as to why you enjoy that, then, as we said earlier, possibly the release of that tension. Splooge. (laughs) Yeah. Or or not to, to to leave it... uh, uh-oh. They heard me say splooge. That's it. <laughs> um, or not to, you know, it is some of the men- uh, movies you mentioned, like Exorcist, um, I think in The Conjuring, you said there was sort of like something left over or, or left behind that, that weighed on you. Um, Passenger left behind, that was it, yeah. I like that. Also, it was Haunting in Connecticut, I was thinking of with the kid. Oh, yeah, no, I haven't seen that. Not the character. I've never even yeah. heard of that one. Yeah. <laughs> Conjuring's better. Will Matthew, um, thank you for your time. Uh, it was definitely an interesting conversation. Oh, thank, thanks for asking me all those questions. <laughs> yes. Thanks for trying to answer them as best you could. Um, <laughs> um, thank you for answering most of them. But I hope I hope you got something out. Uh, of it. I I do. I mean, if we delete, what's that? Just delete it all. <laughs> yes. I was like, oh, I do. And you paused, and I'm like. I'm just gonna delete it off. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just thinking back about the, um, yeah. you know, the anxiety <laughs> and the tension, and and I don't want to say this as if I'm expecting one, but uh, I didn't feel like it was a strong yes from you to say yes that it, that identifies what it is I, I enjoy out of horror. Um, and like I said, I, I'm not asking you to do that if that's not how you feel. Um, or... So for um, closing plug, you actually, during the start of the call, you didn't uh, have anything that you wanted to plug. Uh, There was something about an animation 
couldn't talk about it. Um, so I was going to say, do you want to maybe uh, promote somebody else's or friends, friends work? Cats at blues. <laughs> yeah, go watch it. Um, share it with your family. It's, it's a, it's, it's kid. It's family. Watch friendly. it at Christmas. Um, my dad showed it to his car club for some reason. Um, uh, 70, you know, men in their 60s and 70s, uh, conservative men, all white, all just like, what? Oh, there's, there's an actor who's, who's coming. He's a, a special guest, this actor from uh, this uh, uh, cop show in Australia, long-running cop show. He's coming to he's, – he's our special guest. I, I know. I'm going to show – my son also has acted in some things. I'm going to show this movie for uh, my, my car club. Yeah. So, yeah, that happened. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. He told me, he's like, <laughs> send me a picture. He's just Fantastic. like, send me a picture of this actor, John Woods. John Woods? Yeah, he's his name. Um, and then a TV in the background. And he's like, look what I – and then like all these old men sitting around the table um, eating. And it's, uh, it's like, oh, look what I'm showing them. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? Are you serious? Just out of curiosity, had he watched the movie <laughs> himself not, first? This is not – Yes, yes, he has. I know. Okay. I know. It's, it's not, I was joking. It's not a film uh, that I could recommend to a lot of people, uh, but it's like it's especially not appropriate Young for children. for the audience my dad was showing. So yeah, thanks, Dad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> He's, he's spreading yeah, the good like word. I, you know, I it's, show, it's, when it's when he watched, he, yeah, my brother, he like um, had a copy of it. And he's like, oh, because I didn't want to want to show them Catsip Blues, <laughs> um, obviously, because all this awful stuff I do it in it, and um, uh, most of the time, just I have no clothes on, um, and I'm just like, I don't want to. It's weird. Why? Why would you? Why would it, you want to make your parents sit through that? It's just like, you know, their, their son doing stuff like that. It's weird. it's weird and, yeah, protected, wanted to protect it from him. Oh, no, my brother says, oh, let's, why don't you watch it? Um, as teasing me again and uh, they watched it. My dad said the right. best part of it was the car, my car, which was actually my car. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was going to say, yeah. you mentioned he showed it to a car club. Like, the oh, darling, well, he would appreciate yeah. the uh... – the scene where you're in my car driving around in yeah. a car. That was a, that. So yeah, it's not like he hasn't seen it before. It's my car. I had it for 13 years. Did he watch the full thing? Oh yeah, he's watched it. But yeah, um, oh, my mom's like, oh, it's, it's interesting. Um, <sighs> so your mom watched it too. Yeah. <laughs> that nice Kurt courteous wrong, response. Yeah, I'll be yeah, honest, I haven't seen it. But Chris, remind me if I'm. Does isn't there a scene where he masturbates? There are a few. Where he masturbates with a uh, the the giant cat dildo, dildo, which is about eighteen inches long, I think. There's also a scene where he rams it into a girl's face, and it has spikes, so it cuts her mouth open. Uh, there's also uh, there's a scene where he bashes a woman's head in with a um, porcelain dog statue. It's it's violent, it's offensive, it's fucked up. <laughs> but the thing is, it's done so well. Like the acting, the directing, the cinematography, and the score—it's—it's it's like if you were to take Stanley Kubrick and say, 
make a nightmare with everything offensive you can possibly think of. It's, it's tastefully done, but the content is not acceptable to most. <laughs> and then imagine sharing that with your parents. Yeah. I mean, if you were in the film, then that's understandable. If your parents are cool, just preface it with a statement of, hey, so there are some I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat. Oh, There's no, awful yeah, things I, in I, this I, movie. <laughs> I told him all that. But, uh, and it also, it also like, um, had some, other, some of my other family members in it as well, uh, helping out as extras. And so, yeah, that, that had interest for him, you know, to see them in, on screen. But um, okay. So what you're saying is not, a family affair. <laughs> it was a family affair. Um, they didn't really know what they were filming. But, Absolutely. Uh, um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> just like you like you know when you yeah. showed up on set and dave was like hey well no no that's right you said you uh i'm just imagining seen... like 60 years from now like when the grandkids find this you know on a shelf and pop it in the dvd player you know <laughs> if they even have dvd players then just implant it into their mind and then they can't get it out <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah i don't know maybe that's why i don't have kids but even still i mean if it's like you're someone of your siblings has kids oh look yeah. there's uncle uncle matt yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i think they've seen the scenes my nephew nephews have seen the scenes they're in thankfully they're not the most horrible stuff the horrifying stuff Oh, do they play? Um, yeah. Does one of them play Young Ted? Yeah. So that scene, and there was a, okay. a long, long sequence that was cut as Ted, Ted, younger Ted, finding the trunk, not finding the cat, a cat the cat man's mask. Anyway, it was, uh, I think it, it might be online, Chris. Um, I'll send it to you. But uh, hmm. yeah, maybe if you're interested okay. in uh, um, showing it to your car club, uh, that kind of horror. There you go. That's something to plug. It's two years. Three, three or four years old now, but uh, it's it's like if you like something like um, Maniac or uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, it's kind of like those two things combined. I still um, need to watch that one. But yeah, make your um, car club watch that. <laughs> well, thank you, Matthew. I will do exactly uh, that. Being our guest. Thanks for having me. And thank you to anybody out there listening. Uh, yeah. Please do come visit us at horrormixeshappy.com. Uh, we'll have a schedule posted there to show who we're interviewing next, as well as a list of the people we'd like to interview. If you can help us connect with any of those people, or if you know someone who you'd like to have added to the list, just let us know. You can also become a Patreon sup- supporter uh, and link to our social media. In general, just let us know how we're doing. HorrorMakesUsHappy.com. 